Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Oklahoma Life. This is episode three, where we are going to be transitioning from our lead up to marriage through the marriage in first five years in episode two. And here in episode three, we are going to be covering babies. Everybody babies. loves babies. Um, but a few housekeeping things up first that I uh, kind of just wanted to talk about. Um, you know, we've had several people ask us um, about what our plan is with this podcast. And, and the long term on it is right now, we don't really know. We want to do document our life leading up to here so that it's easier to let, you know, the kids listen to them whenever they get older and, and hear mommy and daddy <laughs> curse a whole lot. Um, and then the other side of it is, you know, just, just trying to document what's going on in our lives. And it's a really cool thing to do. Um, and then I've had a couple other people ask me what is Patreon. Patreon, we set up, um, you know, whenever we're getting all this rolling just to get an idea of what's happening. And very simply put, Patreon is like when you listen to PBS and they're saying from donors like you or um, if you listen to like NPR or any of those kind of platforms, they always talk about how um, they're not corporately backed. Instead, you know, the actual populace supports it uh, to make it possible. And that's basically what Patreon does. It allows people to put in monthly donations and, uh, you know, help support anything that's going on. So if you want to check it out, not necessarily just ours, any of them, go to patreon.com and you can get an idea of all the different things that are happening in the world out there. And sometimes there are special pieces that go just to the patrons, which is really cool. Um, we haven't decided what to do with that, but that's something we're going to look at at a later date. Um, for ours, you can go to patreon.com slash Oklahomelife. And, uh, you know, there's a couple different options if you want to help out. Um, it'd be super sweet. Um, if not, totally fine as well. Uh, you can just kind of listen in and uh, enjoy the show. That's what I do with NPR, so I get it completely. <laughs> so without any much uh, further ado, we're going to jump into the second five years of marriage or four and a half years i guess we haven't made to the to the 10 mark yeah. yet yeah um you know in march it'll be our uh, um 10 year anniversary so we haven't decided what to do there so this is everything going to be from finding out that seizures were not seizures they were just low blood pressure right and that's how my body reacted yeah kind of kind of crazy in reality yeah <laughs> so from there um let's just kind of dive right in so Pretty much immediately post, um, you know, coming back from Mincep, um, you still had the baby fever going on, and you right. made the decision like we're having children, not like hey, let's talk about having kids. It was like well, we're having children. I mean, I went to the OBGYN and got right. cleared, and sure, sure, semantics. <laughs> you wouldn't have done that if it wasn't like we're having babies. <laughs> True, and so yeah, I mean. You know, you really like me, and so you just kind of go along with most of the Fair. things that I want to yeah, do. 90% and... <laughs> of that I agree with. So we, we uh, kind of jumped in, and quite literally, you got into tracking your um, ovulation cycles, which right. um, as a guy, I don't quite understand. I mean, I understand it in theory. It's, it's the best time to become pregnant. Um, you know, you have a short window of like, what, three days or something? Um. So you actually want to have sex before you ovulate. So oh, okay. yeah, so you ovulate on a certain day and you it's best if you've had sex within the last 5 days. Okay. So sperm can live up to about 5 days. Um and it's best not even to do it every single day leading up to ovulation cuz that can actually right. affect sperm count and stuff like that. The closer that you get, like, you know, the more that you're doing it. Fair enough. So having, doing it like five days and then three days and maybe like the day before is a good pattern. I mean, it worked for us. Right. And, and so <laughs> this is where, you know, I'll jump back into the uh, the guy aspect of it, you know, is we don't really jump into that. And I don't think there's many guys that are going to be tracking, you know, when it's best to have children or anything. Um, but for girls like who, like yourself are, are currently, um, you know, having that baby fever, not currently, but we're having that baby <laughs> fever. Well, Hey, calm down. Um, you know, it, it's definitely an interesting scenario because you're like, Hey, we have to have sex tomorrow. And I'm like, all right, like, twist my arm. Way to put me in the mood. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That was sexy. Good job. Um, so we, uh, you know, basically start tracking all of that and then, 
um, obviously, you know, a couple weeks after you uh, finish your ovulation, you're tracking and tracking and tracking and tracking. Um, and then you start testing pretty much right away. Yeah, um, I think I started testing about nine days post ovulation. Yeah, you're like, come on, baby, mm-hmm. number seven, horse down the street. Like, you're, <laughs> you're, you're definitely you were all about it. Yeah, I I don't I don't remember if I took pictures of them. I'm sure you did the first with the twins, but I remember that I took pictures with Evie. Right of you know like the. The change, yeah, because yeah. it's you know it's kind of one of those things for me. Watching your hormone increase, yeah, watching yeah. your hormones increase really helps solidify it before you get to go to the doctor because you don't get to go to the doctor until seven to nine weeks, right? And for some doctors, they don't even see you till twelve weeks. Sure. So that whole time leading up to the time you get to go to the doctor and see the baby is just nerve wracking, right? And you're just clinging on to hope that your your little baby bean is a sticky bean and it sticks and stays sure. and you know <laughs> fair enough i've not heard that term oh <laughs> so well you're not in the mom groups right uh, that's a fact <laughs> um so jumping into that entire scenario so um enough time goes by that you are able to make the appointment um and we go to the appointment um with your ob um and this is over in arkansas while we still no. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, that's right. We, we were still, were still living in here. Oklahoma. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Hey, guys, we're going to move to Arkansas eventually. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. You were, uh, we were all back Spoiler home. alert. Uh, surprise. Um, for whatever reason, I was thinking of Evie. Um, yeah, nope. So, yeah, so for before that, we were in we were in Tulsa and you were going to there. Right. Um, and then I'll let you kind of lead the conversation into that first, um, you know, scenario that went down. So Okay. So, yeah, about I think we went at seven weeks because some, sure, yeah. there was somebody was going to be on vacation, and so we went and you get an you get an ultrasound the first time for for dating purposes and um no, barely anything showed up right so there was the yolk sac and there was no baby that they could see. No right. heartbeat, because at at that stage, you don't really see the baby, but you can see the heartbeat. Yeah, you see a little fluttering. Yeah. yeah. So they said, well, let's go ahead and, um, you know, they did a blood test. Right. To check my levels. I can't, my HCG levels. And then they had me come back in two days to recheck. Right. To see if it was going up or down, because... She said, well, it could still be early. Your dates could be off. Things could just not have progressed as quickly. Like, there are a lot of explanations. Right. And so, did the blood test the first day, came back, and then got the results pretty quickly. And I can't, I guess it was probably just a phone call. I I really can't even remember that well. But that pregnancy was not going to be uh, complete. It it wasn't going to be. Right. Progressing. So this is where, you know, as a guy, it's, it's, you know, and I'm not a doctor, obviously, um, that there's terms out there that like miscarriage is, is a very, very common one for this kind of scenario where um, you, you get to the point of being able to carry a child for however long it may be, and then pregnancy doesn't stick. Right. Um, but because it was so early on, um, is it still a miscarriage or is there a different term for that? It's... To me, it seems like there would be a different term, like just a, I don't know, failed grasping of <laughs> baby. I don't know. No. Now, when it's really early, it's called a chemical uh, miscarriage or okay. a chemical abortion or whatever. Probably um, miscarriage. Well, because I think medically abortion speaking, would require external. No, assistance. medically speaking, abortion abortion is a medical term, and it's not necessarily a. It's it's like your body is aborting the baby. Okay. So, so your body's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um. You know, and there are so many reasons that that pregnancy may not have been viable. Right. You know, there could have been too many or not enough chromosomes. Or I mean, just sure hundreds of thousands of reasons, and so. Uh, I want to say it was within the next week or so, maybe not even that you know long, that I started you know the miscarriage and that took maybe a a day or two right 
Um, you know, it, I don't remember it being incredibly painful. Right. I've heard a lot of people have very painful miscarriages. Probably further along then, because yeah. you, were, you were about as early as you can be well, when it comes to that. I, I mean, mean, prior to that, you're just not going to notice. I, yeah. And so, I mean, and I didn't, I didn't see anything that that really scared right. me. Right. Was, am I going to see a baby? And But I didn't right. want to miss it at the same time. Um, but I didn't, I didn't ever, you know, see anything. And so that was less traumatic, I think. I, yeah. I mean, you definitely know, there, there's um, a huge difference between, you know, yeah, having it mentally knowing like, oh, I was pregnant for a short time frame. Right. Versus like, oh, and, and here's a and fetus. And for those few weeks, I was so incredibly excited. And, you know, I told everybody, which I still, I would still do to this day after having a miscarriage because I like the celebration and I feel like everyone's going to know either way. And so they might as right. well be happy for a few weeks and then be sad after rather than just being sad about it. Sure. So I would, you know, I would still tell people, but that's a personal thing. Right. You know, I know and, a lot of people I think for don't want to go of, through that at all. I was going to say, I think for a lot of people that have had issues, like we had neighbors across the street who struggled with this entire scenario for quite some time. Yeah. Um, so they wanted to make sure they were really, really secure in the situation before even, you know, having that conversation. So I think it does come down piece to piece. Yeah. Well, and there's, um, if you remember Sam in my group for the girls, my Facebook group for the girls yeah. that she'd had three miscarriages yeah. very far along, I think 18 weeks. Yeah. And so, I mean, at that point, I mean, it's it's like a you know a a baby baby. I right. mean, it's and it's, she it's still point, right? yeah, and she still you know when she got pregnant, she's she's had one baby since then. Okay, good. That is a couple. I think she's a couple years old now. She's at least one. Right, right. <laughs> and um, you know, she still wants to celebrate every baby. Sure. And so. Um, you know, it's, it's very different, you know, just among couples and women. And right. so, so jumping, uh, back into the scenario and the story. So, you know, obviously there's a little bit of traumatic situation that goes with it. Not like, oh, I can't live traumatic or anything like that, right. but it does take a mental toll on you. It's once very, very sad yeah. because that baby was very, very wanted. Right. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't an accident. It was a very planned thing and it wasn't a surprise. Yeah. And, you know, so. And I think a lot of it for that first one, um, you know, we were literally, you were off your medication less than 30 days. So I, yeah. I want to say that it, your body was probably readjusting to. Oh, I'm sure. Normalcy. Yeah. I mean, the best term for it, you yeah. know, is that it takes a little while to really get to feel like yourself. And I think that was probably part of it. Yeah. Is your body's like, hey, hold off. Right. We're not ready yet. Yeah. <laughs> Systems so, are not a go. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so you start tracking once again um, after everything kind of passes. Yeah. And so she wanted me to wait. Two to three months. Right. And I waited, we waited two. Right. Because I didn't want to wait three because that just felt like too long. Right. And so started so, tracking again. Side note, um, I also got called out for saying right in a huh a lot and I just now caught myself again. So sorry guys, <laughs> um, that is a internal tick on my end to try to be like, I understand. Um, so I'm going to try to hold off on that now that I realize I'm doing it again. Oh, how funny. Yeah, I know. Right. I, I know I say it a lot as well right we right, really right, mirror right. a lot of yeah. things yeah for sure so <laughs> so i'm gonna try to hold yeah. off on that again i know i say so a lot and like so and I, well come that's like when you're doing this you're trying to think of what you need to say yes and that's a filler word and yes uh, so much yeah i get it so anyway so we start tracking again yep and then we're really good at getting pregnant so we got <laughs> pregnant right away we actually got pregnant right before New Year's Eve, but we didn't know it. Right. Because you don't know it for a couple of weeks. And so then we had a great New Year's Eve party. We did, which where, we can handle that one another day as yeah. well. <laughs> and that was my first time getting drunk at all. I just got a tiny, tiny bit tipsy, but that was the first time because when you have epilepsy. Right. Alcohol is off limits. Alcohol, yeah. you shouldn't drink because it lowers the threshold it takes to have a seizure. Mm -hmm. So I didn't drink. And I finally had some that night and that was fun. But anyway, um, yeah. So a couple of weeks go by and we find out we're pregnant. 
mm-hmm. and then we had to wait until eight weeks. So we had to wait about three or four weeks. Yeah. To go and, to the doctor. And you at the time um, were, you know, pretty significantly, sh- you know, small. You, you're what, 5'1", 5'2", 5'2". And at the time... And I was wearing be, a size 2. I was going to say, you were maybe 120 pounds. I was maybe. not 120 yeah. pounds. I was 118 pounds. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess girls track that a lot closer than guys do. Well... I had just started P90X with Amy. That's right. Yeah. So I had just done all my measurements and my weight and all that yeah. stuff. And so, yeah. Yeah. So you started And I had showing. just gotten laid off. Yeah. That's right. Right before, right before we got pregnant. Yeah. It's good timing. <laughs> oh, um, great. So you started actually having a slight like bump in the belly itself. Like, yeah. You could actually Before we went see... to the doctor. Yeah, you yeah. could actually see a little bit happening, and it was it was funny because we were making so many jokes, um, uh-huh. you know, because like you know my brother has twins and I have twin cousins and things like that, so I'm like we're trying to one up everybody. We're going for triplets, or we're right? To <laughs> double it. We're gonna make sure we have quads, and you're like shut up, and I'm yes. like it'll I'm be like, hilarious. Stop, stop, you know, yeah. jinxing us. And then I had actually told Amy because I had had to go buy maternity clothes. Right, you were starting to push, because yeah. I couldn't I couldn't wear normal clothes. Right, and I still can't ever, like, I can't wear normal clothes during pregnancy like some women can. Like, that's just mm. not how I hold babies. Right. And so my friend Amy just thought I was really excited. She said, I thought you were just really excited, but you really are showing. Like, yeah. she was really surprised. Yeah. So we go to the doctor, um, and I, this is one of the funniest things to me still to this day is that, um, so we go in and we go to get the ultrasound and the doctor has a screen, um, facing her and you don't have a screen in this room. Normally you have a screen. That no, you there was see. a screen, but it wasn't working. Oh yeah, that's right. The screen yeah. just wasn't operating properly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm standing behind the doctor watching her do the work, um, and then, she kind of somberly said, well, do you see what I see? And I look at it and I just start laughing. But you, I couldn't see you. Right. So I, oops, so I couldn't see you laughing or smiling or anything. And, and the way that she said it, you know, we had just had the miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she had that in her mind. I, I'm not sure she probably remembered it. I'm, yeah. I mean, there probably was a little bit in the notes. Well, I, or something, yeah, I was about to say I would figure it would come up in, in the notes, chart or something, but, but that might not be anything that they would see. But yeah, so I'm thinking, oh no. Right. So she says to me, she says, "Okay, so in just a second, we'll talk about some of the things I'm seeing." Well, she was seeing some things for sure. Yeah. But I thought, oh no. Yeah. So I start laughing, and she turns the screen towards you, and you can see. Two individual sacks, both with little like. No, 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 no. She goes, well, here's, here's a baby, and then she moved it a little bit, and she said, and here's the other baby. Yeah, and then you go, <gasps> twins. <laughs> like you were legitimately upset, like because it had been talked about so much yeah. and joked about, and I was like, there is no way, like yeah. no way, that's not, that's not gonna happen to me. <laughs> and that's what made it so funny because, like, we started talking about it after the fact, and we think the, uh, well, you know, I mean, neither one of us really have that, like, oh, yeah, karma is a real thing. I mean, it kind of is, but not really. Uh, but we're like, man, maybe just, you know, the first miscarriage baby decided to come back with a friend later on yeah. is what happened. And that's what I always say. Yeah. Well, that one came back with a buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we find out we have twins on the way. Uh-huh. Um, and... That creates a very, very basic level panic mode. Um, well, right after that, we had to go. I had to go get my blood work done. Right, and we're calling people. You know, we're calling everybody. <laughs> and I call my grandmother, my grandma Linda. Mm-hmm. She doesn't believe me. Oh yeah, I had to I hand the that. phone over to you. And, I'm like, no, for real. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because I was in so much shock that I was just giggling. Right. I couldn't. I couldn't talk normally and so she didn't believe me she said no you are pulling my leg let me talk to brandon and i was like okay, okay. here you go yeah, yeah. if anybody's <laughs> gonna play the prank it's probably him but right? okay here you go <laughs> right i said i'll send you a picture 
Yeah. So we uh, we go out, we get the uh, blood work done, and at the time, I'm working at the mall location with that previous company. Right. Um, and I reach out to my area director. I'm like, hey, dude, so, you know, we, we were planning on stick around, and we're going to do this, but uh, we really need to talk about when the next restaurant's opening up or what opportunities are there, because twins you know um and we start trying to get an idea of what what's out there you know because um they had multiple locations in the tulsa market and they were talking about oh yeah you know there's another one coming and at this point i'd worked for the company about two and a half years or so um and you know throughout that entire time frame like we're opening another one we're opening another one and we're opening another one it took like six years from the date i started for them to open another one yeah um so you know i get the opportunity they say hey listen you know, we'll go ahead and, um, you know, bump you up and pay. We'll move you out to Arkansas. Um, you know, we'll, we'll help pay for the move and you guys get out there and, uh, you know, you can open up that new market out there. Um, yeah, it, it seemed like a really sweet deal. Right. And it, I mean, it was solid. It was. Yeah. So we, you know, spent a lot of time people. talking about it because, you know, it, it's such a tough scenario is that the pay bump was like nearly $20,000 better um, annually than what we were making at the time. Uh, so, you know, making that transition is definitely a helpful one financially. Um, but it was moving away from family when you are getting ready to have grandchildren for a lot of people. Um, so it it was a really, really tough conversation. You know, I remember going back and forth about it, like, okay, do we accept this and move away and, and see what happens? Or do we, you know, stick around and, and, you know, utilize the support and things like that. And it was a really, really hard decision, but um, we we made the decision to, you know what, you know, financially it makes more sense for us to do this right now. Right. And I think we also kind of felt like it would open more doors in general. Long term, yeah. Long term. Like it was, it was just a better step long term. For sure. And, you know, now looking back, I can't say that I feel that it was. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Now- I don't so, know that you would have the current opportunities that you've had if right. we would have stayed here. Fact, but yeah. so it was. It was pretty early. I think it was like um, February, give or take, when we got that offer, and then we something uh, like that. Yeah, we started looking, and we, uh, um, you know, started putting the house on the market, but we never actually put it on the market. As we have a friend of ours once again, um, Nick, who you maybe uh, you know serenaded us and all the good stuff, um, who uh, made sure and pointed out that he was voluntold to sing he was not oh. uh, he did not volunteer we voluntold him um so nick, thank you yeah right i mean it's buddies it's what you do yeah. so um i know his his mother was looking for a rental property and things like that so um, we reached out to her and the first time she's like no 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 we won't do it we're like okay so we start planning to get the house on the market and do the different things that need to get on and then, uh, you know, a little bit of time later, she you know, kind of reaches back out and like, hey, you know what? Let, let me come look at the house. So she comes out, looks at the house, um, decides that uh, they are going to buy it. And, you know, we skip the entire realtor. We skip the entire putting it up for sale thing. We literally just basically take everything to a uh, title company and they just switch it. You know, So they, they, much easier. Yeah, it was significantly. And, and, and we didn't have expensive. to pay out so much money to realtors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we could do that every time, it'd be so much better. Yeah. So we uh, we make that change, and uh, you know it was a pretty good deal. Um, we cut her a good deal on the house, and it was really helpful for us because we didn't have to worry about all the other stuff. Um, and then my dad and I we load the truck, move the truck, unpack the truck all in one day, moving yes. across state lines. Um, and it was one hell of a challenge. It was it was pretty entertaining, but we had we had some good help on the front end. On the back end, it was just dad and I. Yeah, well, and I was no help because I was yeah, hugely pregnant. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even at five months, you were bigger than most people would get with just a singleton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we we uh, get everything moved, and you know, with selling the house and everything else. We had realized, like, we never did any kind of honeymoon. We've never been on an actual real vacation trip. Like, the, the Minsep thing, not really a vacation. Well, we did that road trip once. Yeah, but the road but trip was... But that was only a, a few days. Right. And, and, and it, it was, wasn't just relax. There was no relaxing, really. Yeah. I mean, it, there it was relaxing for you. You slept the entire time. <laughs> um, so I drove down to Arizona, wherever it was, and you New slept. Mexico. New Mexico. Yeah, and you, you slept the entire way. And I think on the way back, you 
pretty much slept on the entire way. So uh, I, I took your your sleeping body across state lines. It was great. <laughs> um, so Love yes, so right. Uh, so we get back and uh, move into Arkansas, and getting back in, um, we we decide to take a trip, and that trip ends up going to. Um, Florida. We plan a Harry Potter excursion, if you will, at Yay! Universal Studios, um, and we put together the entire uh, Harry Potter package because um, you were huge into it while you were sick and all that uh, with the epilepsy stuff. You would just sit and watch hours upon hours of Harry Potter. Oh my gosh! Every don't day. say it like that. It was. You loved it too. I enjoy the movies, yes, but like <laughs> it didn't matter what time of day it was or what day of the week it was. Harry Potter was on. I mean, I not every single day. You also got me very into Fallout at that time, and so there True. was also yeah. a lot of Fallout on yeah. the TV. So it wasn't video games; it was Harry Potter. Got it. Mostly, probably because I mean, I think I went through so many shows. Right. You know, I mean, I had to binge watch a lot, so I binge watched everything that yeah. I was interested in, and Harry Potter just continually kept my interest. So true. So we we go out to the Harry Potter world, which was absolutely nuts. But at the time, you were six months or so pregnant. Yeah. Uh, which was insane because it wasn't just pregnant. It was pregnant with twins. Yeah. So you were basically full term at that point, nine months with a normal baby by the size. Not um, specifically Yeah, growth. for sure. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I might have been even bigger than I was at full term like with Evie. Yeah. Yeah. That wouldn't be surprising at all to me. Yeah. I have a picture somewhere. Of me in a bikini with my big baby big belly. Big belly. Yeah, because the pool when you're pregnant yeah, yeah. at all, but especially that pregnant, the pool where you can float is the best thing in the whole wide world. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. So you uh, you and I get out there and we, we spend, it's like four days or something, five days, and, you know, have a, have a run of it. Um, didn't get to ride any rides. We didn't get to actually do any of the cool we Harry Potter the stuff. the train. Yes. <laughs> we took the train back and forth multiple times. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we got to walk through the castle, which was pretty cool. Rather than actually leading up to the uh, roller coaster in, in the Hogwarts castle, we uh, got to walk it and actually spend our time in it and all that. They let us in the backside because they were like, oh, pregnant lady, you want to walk? We're like, sure. Yeah, um, it was really kind. Yeah, so we do that, and then after that, we go back, and I'm getting set up to open this restaurant, which means that you have to hire a whole lot of people um, that more than half aren't going to show. Right. Because it's like, hey, we're going to open a restaurant in two months from now. You need a job? <laughs> <laughs> sure. You know, anybody of sane mind is going to have a job again by then, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'll wait two months for you. Right. My rent's not due. It's fine. <laughs> um, so we, we have this huge amount of time, but that's the first time we actually met uh, Jason and Tressa. So Jason right. was uh, newly hired with the company. I'd been doing it for some time. So they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to send Jason out and he's going to help you, uh, um, you know, kind of get get the restaurant rolling while he's learning the steps and everything else. Um, so between myself, you, Jason, Tressa, uh, it really became a really awesome friendship that we, we still maintain to this day. I think you talk to Tressa pretty much every day. Yeah. Um, and I just sent Jason terrible memes every so often. <laughs> Tress and I talk a lot about sewing and babies and I don't know, just all the things. Right. Cause, you know, she, um, he and her have um, babies that are about a year further on each step. Is that right? Uh, Adelaide is about nine months older than the girls. Okay. She's a January baby. So seven months older. Okay. And then, and then Liam turned two this year. So, so like 14 months or something, 15 yeah. months. Yeah, so just a little bit more than a year on, on one. 18 and then... months. He's 18 months older than Evie. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we're kind of in the same boat. They, they get to lead the charge with uh, Singleton, but, um, you know, definitely an, an interesting story. So anyways, we, we work on getting the restaurant open. Um, you're giantly pregnant, and I remember we uh, did the ribbon-cutting ceremony and everything else, and you're there. Um, I was on bed rest at that yeah, point, too, like right. full-blown bed rest because... I had preterm labor that had gone to the hospital two or right. three times for by then. And so they had started me out with just pelvic rest and then, which is just, you know, don't have sex and right. whatever else. And then they're like, you know, oh, take it easy. And then, I don't know, by the second or third time that I went in, they said, okay, well. Don't get know, up and don't do anything. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't do anything. 
which stay there quit moving yeah um and that was it 30 weeks pregnant right i think 31 31 so and then you know so we had the opening and all of that and then we had what four weeks almost before we actually had the girls right and we get there so you know we're thinking the whole time we're just hoping to get to 34 weeks right and then we're hoping to get to 35 and then 36 and then 36 weeks comes and they're like okay well if you want we can do a c-section yeah at 37 weeks two days i believe it was 37 and two two yeah and i said Okay, please do it. Get these babies <laughs> yeah. out of my body. I yeah. am exhausted yeah. and I hurt all the time. And, and you know, now looking back, I would wait two more weeks probably or three. Maybe. <laughs> if I could manage. <laughs> yeah. But it's so hard when you get to that point of pregnancy. I mean, it's just, you're just miserable. And especially with twins, it's like, right. it's a million times worse. So that's the thing is that like, you always hear people talk like, oh, she had like a 10-pound baby. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're talking about twins, and if you go to 40 weeks, you're talking about like 12 to 14 pounds if you get to that. Or more. I mean, I knew yeah. a girl that had 37 weekers, and they were seven pounds. Each? Yeah. So 14 pounds? Yeah. Yeah. 14 pounds of baby yeah. in there, which is And I mean, ours nuts. were five and six. So right. 11 pounds I mean, of I baby. I mean, I had 11 pounds of baby. Yeah. Which or is, probably 12 between, uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, but that's also, then you also have the the uh, placenta, which has weight to it and volume to it yeah. and things like that. Yeah, so, I mean, and then all the fluid and, yeah. you know, you have all the extra blood in your body. Yeah, because you got to feed them and do all that yeah, kind of stuff. And then, and, you know, just general swelling. And so, yeah, your body is just wrecked. Yeah, like <laughs> legit. So we uh, we get the scheduled C-section plan. Yep, um, and tell everybody and everybody makes plans to come, which right. that was the really cool part about having the C-section was everybody could make yeah, plans. Yeah, like, hey guys, uh, <laughs> we're 2.30 on Thursday. Yeah. Whatever it was, yeah. <laughs> it was Wednesday. Wednesday. All the all the big things in our life seem to happen on Wednesdays. Makes sense. I was born on a Wednesday. I didn't even think about that. So I had thought about how all the girls are born on Wednesdays. But I didn't think about how we got married on a Wednesday, too. Yeah. You're just the odd man out. You were born on like a Thursday or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm always the weird one. True. So we get through and... Um, you know, the uh, C-section goes off without much trouble. Um, you know, the uh, biggest concern you had was whether or not we were going to be able to do skin-to-skin. Uh, uh, skin skin skin. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, you know, you're decently sedated. I mean, you weren't mentally out, but I, you were physically out from... Yeah, know. I just I just didn't feel comfortable. So they did come and put the babies like next to my face or something no they put them on your chest for like a half second yeah uh it it wasn't i didn't feel very comfortable i wanted to hold them badly but i didn't feel capable right while i was on the table in the operating room and so i remember that you and the babies went to the recovery room yes i stayed with them pretty much the entire time yeah Yeah. and i stayed in the operating room you know getting getting sewn up closed up and all that stuff yeah and so then I was done and we go to the recovery room and then they put the babies on me and I think we started trying to nurse at that point. Yeah. yeah. So leading up to that point, you know, we get everything, you know, arranged with you and then, you know, with the babies, me with them for a little while, they had to go still to the NICU for a hot minute. Um, no. And that's where they did the weighing and everything. Whenever they actually did it, is that? Oh, I didn't realize they went to the. NICU. Yeah, they they just kind of <laughs> made a pass through. They were like, huh. you know, with twins, we just always make sure there's nothing wrong, so we just bring them here so that they can actually, if anything happens, this is where all the equipment is, kind of thing. I literally did not ever know that about yeah. our children until almost three years after they were born. What the hell? Yeah, but it wasn't like oh, we're admitting them in there. It's just where we went. Uh huh. Um. So that's where all the all the equipment was, everything like. That that so um you know there's a separated room that wasn't like where all the little babies were all being held and kept and everything it was just kind of an offshoot room in the NICU area Hmm. so we go there for a hot minute and then uh you know the babies are all weighed and they're all sucked out and all the other stuff and cleaned up and uh the one thing i'll say if you've never watched a fresh baby get cleaned up those nurses like they are efficient but kind of rough you're like that's a brand new baby like you need to calm down 
Yeah. You know, they like they they clean them pretty quick, pretty hard. They didn't clean them completely, like with the. Uh, yeah, I um, wanted so they didn't get a bath. Yeah, correct. for about a month. Yeah, I think it was three weeks the, to a month. Uh, what's the stuff called? Yeah, I'm having a mom brain fart, and I can't even think of it. Yeah. The Vernix. Vernix, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I wanted the Vernix to be left on because it's a really good moisturizer and protector for them. Moisturize you know, your babies. Yeah, when they're tiny babies. Yeah. And so they just, you know, some of it got rubbed in because obviously there's a lot more, especially sure. at 37 weeks compared to a full term 40 week baby, because a lot of some of it, you know, just gets worn down and, and whatever else happens in there between those times. So they. So then we wrap the babies. Yeah. Um, we get the hats that somebody made that say Emmy and, and Lizzie on them. Who made those? The I ordered those from Etsy. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, they were handmade from somebody on Etsy. Thank yes. you. Yes. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, you get wheeled back in and you're still kind of out of it. Um, and, uh, you know, in the room itself, um, you know, the babies come in and I remember you getting to hold both of them for the first time and like... You just kind of shut down to the outside world and just like babies and, <laughs> and look down and you have one in each arm and um, it was so amazing and magical for me because was it? I mean because I carried you know because we created these little tiny humans yeah and for I sure. carried them in my body for eight and a half months and it just you know talking to them and carrying them around everywhere with me that I went. It's a very surreal experience to have a baby in your arms. Right. It, from it's literally having the baby in your belly. With your, ba- your body, though. It's not yeah. just like, oh, I've got, like, you literally created it. Yes. Right. Well, and just, you know, I mean, I would take them shopping and sometimes I would talk to them and, and it's very oh, yeah. different. <laughs> I forgot you would be talking to the babies as they're like there outside yeah. the room while they're still inside. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. So, so it was very different. To have them, you know, to actually be looking at them mm-hmm. and and them being physically in my arms and out of my body and just, wow, all of a sudden I have these little people to care for yeah. and take care of and love. And I just, I just can't explain the explosion of emotion that happened for me Yeah, with, with each baby. I mean. For sure. It's just. I love babies. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, um, we get back into the room, and the first thing that happens is you actually nap. Um, you, yeah. I was going to say, you were like, and we started trying to do breastfeeding. Like, no, you were like, well, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> um, so me, I mean, I remember trying to nurse in, that and I think until there, a little while later. Like, well, you, I think there are pictures of me trying to nurse in the recovery room. Yeah, no, you still did. You were in the recovery room for a hot minute. You were like there for like twelve hours or something. No. Yeah. No. Because like, here's the thing: is that um, we went back into the recovery room, and you know, you had lost some blood, and you required us to. You're just thinking of the postpartum unit. That's Maybe. where when recovery is like right after. And then we went and got wheeled past all of our family and friends that were waiting for us okay. back to the regular postpartum room. And then we were just there. Right. And so we were there. And then you, while they're trying to do stuff with me and get me set up, you go and you show off babies. Like, I think oh, just I in the room. In a minute, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because prior to that is whenever they gave you blood, though. No. Was it not? No. Oh, well, hey, listen, guys. <laughs> Math is hard. Um, so yeah, so you are getting yourself set up and kind of resting, um, and Amy is there, and I take yeah, both babies. She's our she's our baby. She's our she's just our photographer uh, at this point. Yeah, photography um, by America. Yeah, um, and America is actually her name for anybody that doesn't know her. Um, I don't know what her parents decided on that one for, but it's fantastic because <laughs> um, I'm sure it's made life difficult. um so anyways so i sneak over to um you know kind of the door and i'm holding babies and uh, i open the door just slightly um and she starts crying like immediately (laughs) (laughs) take a picture (laughs) she Um, loves me and my babies yeah so then we got we snuck in some pictures that were just super quick and then we kind of go back um and you know 
they they start trying to get you kind of arranged. Um, and after a few minutes of trying and unsuccessfully breastfeeding is whenever the family got to come in. Yeah. So my dad, your dad, grandma, um, Amy, Kat, and then Zoe eventually. Yeah. Um, my grandpa, grandpa was there. Grandpa, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, my dad. Did yeah. you already say those? Whole lot of people. Yeah. Like, we we packed that room as yeah. best we could. Basically, there was no seats or anything. Um, but the point is that a lot of people came out and uh, got to you know hold babies. And and uh, for anybody that has twins, the easiest thing you can say is that yeah, there's an extra baby for everybody. Yes. Um, you can pretty much pass those things around. You get really comfortable with passing off babies when you have twins. Where yes. I think with with singletons. Um, you're like, this is my baby. I hold it. When you have yes. twins, you're like, somebody take one of these babies. Yes. Like, it's a whole I different need mindset. help. <laughs> yeah. Hey, who wants a baby? Like yes. I walk into a room and I think I still do that just by instinct. Right. Um, well, yeah, because I mean, you can share one and you can keep one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. So the, uh, the greatest part of all of those stories to me still to this day is once Zoe shows up, you know, however long it was after she wasn't there f- at first. And right when Zoe shows up, finally she. Uh, I think mean, she had an exam or something that yeah. day because she was in college. Yep. At the time, you know, four hours away. Yeah, yeah, full. So then she uh, she comes into the room, and Zoe was like super anti baby, like she yeah. didn't want to be around the a pregnant whole time, woman. She just thought it was so weird that right. I was going to have a baby and that I had babies in my body. And... Yeah, like that's gross. And she still does. I mean, even after having the girl, she still thinks pregnancy is just weird. Yeah. So when when she finally actually like came into the room and we we're like, "Hey, do you want to hold a baby?" Um, she holds on to one of them. I don't remember who it was. Um, but she looks down. She goes, "Oh my god, it's a little human!" <laughs> and like, heart of stone melted into nothing except for a puddle. Yeah, a puddle um, of her tears. Yeah, she does not cry. She's no, not a crier, ever. and she's not like you know, she's not like a normally. She's not like a super emotional person, person. Yeah, at all. Yeah. And so it was. So shocking and sweet, and brought out even more emotions in me to see oh, yeah. her like hilarious. crumble. At the, I just start laughing. I you know, <laughs> yeah. I think we should make that the uh, episode picture because that'll be hilarious. <laughs> so we uh, we get the babies passed around, and everybody has their time and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then I guess uh, since I suck at remembering things, you kind of lead us through the next couple steps because. We didn't get to leave immediately because you weren't feeling great. Well, I mean, and they keep you at least 24 hours anyway because they want to do all those 24-hour checks on the baby. So I remember about 12-ish hours after the C-section, maybe, they tried getting me up. No, it wasn't because no, it was like eight hours later. Yeah, it was pretty soon, yeah. So they tried getting me up, and I mean, I, I was able to sit up on the bed but once I tried to stand up, I knew I was going to pass out. Like, right. I got to sit back down. I am going to pass out. Yeah. So and then they check your blood pressure. Yeah. And I don't. Surprise. I don't remember how it was. It was low. It was real low. Yeah. And In so. Like, so you have the uh, the one measures, like, how hard your heart pumps. The other one's, like, how much pressure is in your body, right? Um, I so don't remember. Something in that lane. Um, and they pretty quickly realized that your your blood pressure was low like but it was like yeah we know <laughs> yeah well and, and then they uh decide like oh no. well we need to check it out no no that was the first time the first time they're like yeah we'll just try again in a few hours oh yeah okay hey listen we've done this before and then so we try again and the second time the same thing happened yeah i and i said i think i need blood yeah. i think that I I need blood. I think that's going to fix the problem. And I think I mentioned that the first time, and they really just, just didn't hear me out yeah. at all. Yeah. They, you know, they, you don't know anything about right. Your you body. don't know anything about yourself. And so then the second time, that's when they finally checked my blood levels and all that. And I I don't remember what my levels were, but they were really low. And so they gave me two units of blood, and that required me to stay in the hospital longer. Right. And so throughout this entire time, and you know, we, we can't spend a crazy amount of time. Um, you're trying to breastfeed at the same time. Like yeah. you were set on like we're not doing formula, we're not doing 
uh, whatever option else is out there. I guess it's just formula at that age. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're going to breastfeed. Right. You know. Yes. And I was very, very. We angry. had consultants come in. You had like super tenured nurses come in. And everybody had slight trouble getting the babies to latch. Yes. So they eventually got me the uh, the plastic thingies that I can't think of the name of. Yeah. You know, that are basically extenders for the, to go deeper into the baby's mouth. Yeah. And so we use those with success. Varying Some. amounts. Varying right. amounts of success. <laughs> especially right. more with one of the lactation consultants. Right. And I, especially since I was on bed rest, I had done a lot of reading. I I do that. I do a lot of research, when, especially when it comes to our kids. Yeah. And I said, I think they're tongued and lip tied. And I think you guys need to check that. The pediatrician said no. All the nurses said no. All the lactation consultants said no. Yeah. But and so, everything that you read basically said, look, this is probably the yeah. issue. Yeah. And but I couldn't get anyone there to believe me. Yeah, yeah, I and that. support that you know, and and just look at it. I assume it was just lack of training because that's kind of a last ten years thing. So right. anyway, we just you know, and there wasn't even a recommendation to ha- see anyone after you know they just kind of when we were ready to leave, which took a, three days. Yeah. Before I was able to walk down to the nurses' station, which was like the test. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, you know. It took that long um, for me to just be feeling better. And so anyway, they just, you know, send you home and there wasn't any support for after really. Yeah. It, it's literally the equivalent of uh, getting slapped on the ass and good game. Get yeah. Out of here. yeah. <laughs> okay. You did a great job. You birthed the baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or two. <laughs> right. So or then we, we, we ripped them out of your body either way. Yeah. Well, yeah. So then uh, we go home and, you know, I'm. Eventually, I'm getting a little bit more success, I think. But they're still they're nursing all the time. They're and, and literally we say always all the time. unhappy. I mean, it was every hour and a half. Yeah, we I had mean, a um, pillow, and and by the name of it, it's legitimately the breast friend. Yeah, my breast friend. Um, but it was a double one versus just yeah. the single sided. Right. So you just lay the babies down. Um, it was perfect. <laughs> yeah. So literally most of your day was you sitting like on the couch and then having a baby under each boob um and feeding one feeding the other feeding both of them going back and forth there wasn't like oh i'm gonna get up and do stuff it was literally like i'm trying to continually feed because these babies just are not happy and are not eating properly yeah i mean they would they would sleep for you know 30 minutes 45 minutes and then be hungry and then they'd be ready to eat again and so i mean i basically was glued to the couch for the first six months of their life yeah so before we get to the six month mark um you know i definitely want to hit on um you know, kind of the lead up before we get the tongue and lip ties fixed because they were tongue and lip ties. Yeah, but it took three months for me to yeah. get that diagnosed. So the first two what, months... I was going to say, with the final, the thing that really pushed it, though, before we could even get there is we tried two different uh, pediatricians. No, no. So, um, so the first pediatrician we saw, we saw her for two months. Right. Maybe longer, maybe three. And so... She said, basically, she said she didn't believe it was a real thing. Yeah. And which is funny because she breastfed. Like, she was currently breastfeeding a child at that time. But she didn't believe it was a real thing. Right. But I'm a doctor and my experience out from shores, right? Right. (laughs) And so uh, she finally, at two months, said, well, here's a list of doctors you can call. One of the ENTs might do something. But they're very conservative, blah, 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 blah. And so I just felt really kind of, you know, so brushed off. Yeah. And I don't remember how I found out, but I found out an orthodontist, dentist. Um, right. Basically an oral surgeon for a child. Yeah. Uh, in the area that was specializing in tongue and lip ties. And we went to, we made the appointment to see him and it was about two or three weeks out, maybe a month out before yeah. we were able to do that. And we get in there, and he says, "Oh gosh, yeah, they're very restricted." Mm-hmm. And so, explain what tongue and lip tie is, because like you and I know what this is. At this right? Point. Yeah. So, I guess there are still a lot of people that I talk to now that don't know. Yeah. So, it's basically where 
you don't get full movement because there's that membrane where your lip attaches to your gums and it's it's either too thick or maybe it comes down too far. There are a lot of people that have it come down onto their gum line like where their teeth are. And so they weren't quite that bad, but it was pretty restricted. You should be able to lift your lips and touch your nose. And if you can't, then you're probably lip tied. Well, a tongue tie can get a little trickier. So a tongue tie can be all the way to the tip of your tongue. And that is an anterior lip tie or tongue tie. Right. So we're talking about the membrane once again. Yeah, that, that membrane that, that connects your tongue yeah. to the bottom of your mouth. Right. And then it can also be a posterior tongue tie, which is all underneath the surface. Right. So that one you can't even see. You can just you can feel it and you can also see with the movement of the tongue. Right. So and he was able to see by when they cried that they weren't able to fully lift their tongue. And it's right. very important for a baby that's breastfeeding and even bottle feeding, truly, to be able to lift the middle of the back of their tongue. Right. Because you have to kind of make a rolling motion with your tongue in order to um, basically extract the milk. Yeah. Yeah. And so where all this comes from for anybody, again, once that, that hasn't understood what we're talking about is that for a baby to feed properly, whether it be bottle or nipple, it's the same thing, really, um, is that they have to be able to flare their top lip up and out. And if mm -hmm. it's tied, they can't do that. Right. So they can't create a suction around whatever it is. And then for the bottom of it, the tongue has to be able to stick out and then kind of roll and move. And if it can't stick forward and roll and move, then they can't extract milk properly. So you either don't get suction or you cannot um, basically pull the milk out with, right. with the motion. Those are the two real options. Right. And, and if you think about like the way a dog laps up water. Sure. Right. You know, it's kind of the same. It's right. kind of the same situation. So to clear up everything, our children had both the lip tie and the tongue tie. So they couldn't actually create the suction and they couldn't also, you know, basically pull the milk out. Um, so by the time we finally got that, you know, to the doctor and they lasered it is how they fixed it as they actually laser cut the, uh, two, t the two ties on them. Um, they had actually not gained a huge amount of weight. They gained right. some, but you know, the doctor they had gained about a pound a month. They had gained the very bare minimum. Right. They actually, you know, basically looked like they were, um, you know, starving is that, you know, I go back and look at pictures. And I, I mean, they kind of yeah, were, they were, you know, yeah. You know, but and the we, thing was that I could, I would try to top them off is what they call it when you feed them after yeah. a feeding with like pumped More, milk right, or formula, you know, either way. Right. And they still struggled. They, they didn't want it. They weren't right. hungry for that. Right. So they were getting full, but they were eating too often. So they were just burning too many calories. Right. Cause it takes a lot of work to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't able to top them off. And so we saw a new doctor who had some experience with tongue and lip ties, mm -hmm. she actually cut them in her office if they were, you know, visible. Right. And she said to me that she, well, us, because right. you were there too, that they looked like babies from a third world country. Yeah. And that scared the shit out of me. Well, because yeah. Because I was with them every day and I was working so hard. And when she said that to me, it just, it felt like all the work I had been doing didn't matter. Right. In but it also really pushed, I don't know. I don't know what it pushed. All my buttons, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You know, and, and it definitely made you upset, and it should have made you upset, you know. But the thing is, this is where this entire thing goes, I guess, is that just because somebody is a doctor and just because somebody has a degree in something doesn't necessarily they know the answer to everything. A right. lot of people like to think it's true, and I'm not saying like, oh, I'm smarter than every doctor out there or anything like that. But there is a clear cut. Here are the signs of everything. And, and we've experienced that now twice back to back is that when you were having your seizures and everything else, you know, we were we were being overlooked and the doctors were saying, oh, well, it's got to be this. It's got to be this. It's got to be this. And we met 100 doctors or however many it was 
that were all wrong, and it took Tom Petty to figure out that it was seizures because <laughs> right. of blood pressure. Right, it took pressure. the psychiatrist to figure it out it was right. a heart issue. You know, so everybody that's brain function and everybody that's seeing that aren't, aren't looking at the whole picture. Right. And then when we get to the, you know, pediatricians, you know, they're saying, oh, well, it's not the tongue and lip ties. It's not the tongue and lip ties. It's not the tongue and lip ties. We get the tongue and lip ties cut. They immediately. No, hold on. You're three months ahead. Okay. Remember, we had to do it again. Well, we did, but they immediately showed progress. They did show they progress. They jumped hugely in how quickly they were feeding, how how rapidly things were that improving. That was improving. And my pain. Yeah. I right. didn't even mention my pain yet. I It hurt so much to breastfeed. It right. hurt. Because I mean, they weren't doing it properly. Yeah. It, I mean, I was I was almost in tears quite often. And, but I was very, very determined to do it, and so I was going to do it, and that's how I am. I get very determined to do something, and I will stick it out and just do it. <laughs> For sure, yeah. And so then, you know, we still had some problems, and so at five months, our pediatrician at the time suggested, you know, why don't you go ahead and let's go ahead and start them on on, on food, on purees, right? and, you know, you can give them avocado, and that'll help with weight gain. That'll get them some more fat, and... So we did that. I gave them avocado at every meal. And so that was one of the first things that I gave them. And then I just added to it. So they would still have a variety like a regular meal, but they would have that extra fat. And I would add coconut oil sometimes. But then a few months later, I thought, I'm going to try seeing someone else. I found a really great lactation consultant here in Tulsa Mm -hmm. that I traveled to see. And she told me that they were still tongue and lip tied or that they were still tongue tied. The lip was fine, but they were still tongue tied. Right. And I took them back and the doctor that had lasered them originally. The dentist technically, I guess. Well, yeah. Well, he's, I mean, he is a doctor, but yeah, the dentist that had lasered them originally uh, did another exam and he felt like they were still in fact tongue tied. And so they redid it free of charge. Which is awesome. Yeah, because it was five hundred some odd dollars each out of pocket. Yeah, yeah, because it was not covered by insurance. Yeah, because it wasn't a necessary thing. Go fuck yourself, insurance. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So then we did a little bit of body work. Yeah, the the myofascial release and all a a massage therapist to get them loosened up the day before or the morning of or something. Yeah. And I'm not sure how much that helped because he didn't do like a traditional body work that would go with it because there wasn't anyone in the air at the time that did. And so anyway, they got fixed and they got seriously fixed. And I immediately had so much more ease of breastfeeding. And they, I mean, they just went off, they went up the charts. Yeah. You know, they went from like second percentile to 24th percentile just within a few months. Yeah. And super quick. Yeah, it was it was crazy. And I thought, golly, if people would just listen to their patients. Right. You know, because I understand that a doctor can't know everything. They can't stay up. They're seeing patients all day long. Mm-hmm. It would take them the entire evening to stay up on research and then they would never have a life. And that's not kind. So I feel like patients, it's their it's our duty to do our own research. And to know what's going on if we are having issues so that we can come to our doctors with ideas. You know, these are the things I'm experiencing. This is how I'm feeling. These are some things that I'm seeing some research on. What do you think about this? Right. So, you know, to kind of kind of wrap that, um, and we'll talk about that a little bit more here in just a second. Because, uh, you know, I definitely uh, don't agree that I want every patient showing up with ideas. Because I don't trust people I work for to come up with ideas sometimes. So... <laughs> Um, I mean, with legitimate research. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so with that in mind, we're going to wrap this episode up. Um, and then we are going to make it into a part two um, here in just a moment. So Oops, I, I, I talked too long. No, you're good. I, <laughs> I don't really want to push more than an hour because uh, I know where my limit is. So yes. Um, so we're going to end this episode uh, pretty quickly and just say after we... Got the second release done. The babies, you know, then took off and became significantly um, healthier without too much trouble. And it all just came back to you and I understanding the situation that we're in and making decisions to not listen to the doctor anymore and say, hey, listen, 
we are going to make this happen, which um, honestly probably save the babies, you know, from having all kinds of other issues long term. Oh, for sure. I mean, it saved them from becoming failure to thrive. Right. You know, because that that's exactly where they were headed. Yeah, for sure. So um, with that, we're going to end this episode and uh, thank everybody for listening. Absolutely. You know, this is a uh, huge, huge um, thing for us just to be able to do this. Um, you know, we, we've started to get, you know, I think we're at like 100 likes on our page. So it's not crazy outside the box or anything, but it's awesome that we've had a lot of really good feedback. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, once again, if you'd like to support, you know, definitely head over to the uh, patreon.com slash Oklahoma life um, and, and uh, lend a hand. It'd be fantastic. Um, and with uh, the quick sign off, uh, my name is Brandon Hines. Once again, have a good night, y'all. And that's Vanessa Hines. Um, and you guys have a good evening. We will uh, talk to you again soon.